Hi everyone and welcome to Training for Life Redeemed. I'm your host Dan, I'm here as always with my father David Jackson. We are continuing to look through the book of Psalms. We're looking at Psalm 45 today, which was lovely to be introduced to. I sat down today with my dad to get ready for this. He's like, so this is the hardest psalm that we're going to be looking at uh, at this point to work out and to juggle it through. And we've now spent the last half hour discussing it, trying to prep how we're going to actually approach this uh, with you. So dad... Got to read the psalm. Got to read the psalm. It's true. Let's read the psalm. (laughs) Dad will read it for us. Psalm 45. For the director, according to Crocus's, Belonging to the sons of Korah, a muskil, a song of the beloved. My heart stirs a good word. What I'm saying, my works are for the king. My tongue is a stylus, a scribe that writes quickly. You are more handsome than any son of man. Grace pours out of your lips. Therefore God blesses you forever. Strap on your sword, O warrior, your majesty and your splendor. Advance your splendor. Ride on a word of truth and gentle justice. Your right hand is to teach you fearful things. Your arrows are sharpened as they go into the heart of the king's enemies. Peoples fall beneath you. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your reign. You love righteousness and you hate wickedness. Therefore God, your God, anoints you with the oil of rejoicing from among your comrades. Myrrh and aloes, cassia, all your garments are out of the ivory palace. Stringed instruments make you glad. Daughters of kings are adorned with your jewels. Your favourite stands at your right hand in gold of Ophir. Listen, daughter, and see, and lend your ear. Forget your people and your father's house. May the king desire your beauty, for he is your lord, so bow to him. The daughter of Tyre will seek your favour. The rich among the people will seek it with a gift. All the glory of a king's daughter is inside. Her clothing is embroidered with gold. In fabulous fabrics she's presented to the king. Virgins come behind her. Her companions are presented to you, daughter. They are brought with joy and gladness. They enter the king's palace. Your majesty's sons will replace your fathers. You will appoint them to be princes in all the land. I'll cause your name to be remembered in every generation. For this reason, peoples will praise you forever and ever. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> so, Dad, this is another miscal, uh, which is a riddle. And so you've told me that this is part of how we kind of solve this. This is a riddle that's been put in front of us, basically. And it's going to be, we're going to work out the riddle and how, how this all works. So... To give everyone a bit more of a summary of this kind of thing, and you, know, you may not have quite grasped it as you listen to it, because you might want to look at it a few times like we did. I think I've read this five times in the last ten minutes. <laughs> uh, we have essentially here a king who wins battles and is doing fantastic as a king. He brings in, you know, it says here, you know, word of truth and gentle justice. He's a good king, a good king, and yet he is standing to get married with his wife next to him, and all of his other daughters that he's adorned with jewels that are not his daughters, but just king's daughters, um, that are essentially married to him. And there's another one coming down the aisle with a bunch of virgins following her to come with her to be married to that king again. Uh, And the psalmist seems to talk to the king, seems to talk to the 
favourite uh, woman, who we will call the Queen for now. Yeah. Uh, and uh, probably talks a bit to the bride as well as she comes. And so it's hard, Dad, in English for us to work out who's talking to who because we just have the word you and that for us can be plural. It can be to anyone, male, yep. female, etc. Whereas in the Hebrew, it's very clear if you is male or you is female, yep. if it's plural, if it's to one person. So, yeah, so that's why if you get the notes, the study notes, I presume there's a translation in there, uh, and it actually has next to it, you know, I'm looking at the one here that Dad's given me, it's got MS for masculines and Fs for females when it says you, uh, and he's putting the word daughter sometimes because it's talking to the daughter. So, Dad, this makes it quite confusing. No kidding. So, <laughs> so let's start. Why have we got this psalm? Like, I mean, I can kind of see it in the context of someone like Solomon, because yes. he's a king with a harem and he's got more, he's going to marry more, and it's for political treaties. It's, you know, he's just got lots of girls, he's going to have lots of kids, uh, going to run through them all because he needs to give them all children. Um, so lots of, I mean, modern day looking at that, it gets bashed. It, it even, <laughs> even the Bible looking at that, Solomon got condemned for 700 wives, 300 slave wives, how on God's green earth is this right? Um, so there's this big theme that runs right through. It starts in Genesis 4 already, when Lamech takes a second wife and kills a man so that he can have whatever woman he likes. And then in Genesis 6, these blokes who think they're sons of God, they're so special, they're the, you know, I'm a king because I'm half God, half human, uh, and therefore I can have as many women as I like. Yeah. The Bible's not really saying they're half God, but they are. <laughs> well, that's, this is what the world is saying. You know, he's Ben-Hadad, son of Hadad. He's, you know, Thutmosha, offspring of the god Thoth. They're all claiming to be divine kings, and that gives them the right to bonk any woman in sight. Um, I was reading um, Gilgamesh, uh, an ancient Assyrian-Sumerian uh, legend, and Gilgamesh is the first king of Uruk after the flood, and he claims the right to have sex with every woman on a wedding night. Yeah. Charming fellow. Yeah. Um, so you sort of scratch your head and you say, in this song, boy, does this look like Solomon. And lots of commentators say, oh, no, this is, this is the, the song they sang when uh, Solomon married the princess of Egypt. And you go, really? Yeah, hopefully the Princess of Egypt's the favourite one. <laughs> well, no, not at all. Um, a, he was, he was, it was a sin for him to do that. So you have... But politically... Oh, politically if, it made him rich. Yeah, he, so she should be the one standing next to him. So what's with, what's with selling your daughters? Yeah. Um, so this song poses a real problem for us. Now, most Christian commentators look at Psalm 45, and in Hebrews chapter 1... The writer says, when it says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever, God, your God, that he's speaking to the Son, Jesus. Yeah. And he's right. Okay, so Jesus is the king. So the king of Judah, we're told, Judah would hold the scepter, the symbol of kingship, in trust, Genesis 49.10, until it comes to whom it belongs. So all these kings of Israel, of Judah are hanging on to David's throne yep. in trust to give it to Jesus. 
and he's the only righteous king out of the whole lot of them, really. Um, <laughs> along the way, you've got a bunch of really dodgy kings. Yeah, definitely. Um, and Solomon's not a really good example. Um, there's good things happening there, but he spoils it. So what have we got here? Um, it, it boggles the mind, and people struggle with this song, and I've struggled with it, and I think what's happening is, God, and God does this a lot, he will take what the world is offering, tweak it a little bit, almost sarcastically, and then present it to you and say, here is a riddle, a parable. Can you solve it? Okay. Well, let's solve it then, Dad. Well, <laughs> if, if we jump to the end of the story, the resolution, of course. What's the answer to every question? Jesus. 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 Okay. Jesus fixes everything. Jesus fixes everything. But so. yet, Jesus is married, has a wife next to him, his favourite, has multiple wives, and there's another one coming down the aisle. So. And, and they're the daughters of foreign kings. Yeah. Okay. So fix this for me, Dad. <laughs> Okay, so this model, um, it does a couple of things. It reflects a fantasy that is deeply embedded in our nature as image of God. Um, and that fantasy is to be loved, to have a home, to be safe, to be in the care of somebody who is the head of that house, who is loving, gracious, gentle and just. So this king, unlike all the other kings, I love this line. Where is it? Um, verse 4. Verse 4. Ride on a word of truth and gentle justice. Hmm. Now that's a picture of Jesus. Yeah. it's. I mean, Solomon was wise and all that sort of thing, but ride on. most kings ride on a chariot and run straight over you. Right? <laughs> this guy is riding on truth and he's bringing gentle justice. And I think of the Sermon on the Mount. Hmm. You know, I am gentle, I'm all that sort of thing. So we're looking for that ideal king, that ideal ruler, um, the place where we're safe and home. And wouldn't it be wonderful if it was a royal palace with all the beauty and the majesty and everything else? So deeply embedded in our culture is this character called, that I think is called Prince Charming. Yeah. Um, and I vividly, no, you weren't old enough, I vividly remember the night of the Charles and Di wedding. And we normally had a Bible study on Friday nights or whatever night it was. I think it was Friday night. And Charles and Di are getting married and it's all a big television event. All the women decided to go and have a wedding party and watch the wedding. <laughs> And all the guys decided to go somewhere and have a beer. Yeah, hopefully there was some footy on. <laughs> some footy somewhere, something. So we left the women to it. And they're all, you know, dressing up and having a great time. And, you know, it's a royal wedding. and it's, But it's this Prince Charming um, myth that goes through our culture. So you think of Snow White, Cinderella, um, what's the other one I put? Sleeping Beauty, um, all the the media hype about um, Mary from Tasmania marrying the Prince of Denmark yeah. and, you know, how wonderful it all is. And <laughs> Harry... Complete Prince Charming story. Yeah, yeah. Many randomly William in a pub. And, let's and... follow William and Kate round and see what a wonderful life we oh, could have yeah, had right. if only he'd married me, you know. Um, you know, when they walk around, when they were single, the women are holding up signs, marry me. And yeah. you go, Psalm 45 is just capturing that whole dynamic. But it's not just in the in the heart of a woman to want to be safe and loved 
and have a home that's just majestic and wonderful. That's the desire of everybody who was kicked out of the Garden of Eden. Mm. We want to go home. And home is where the king is. Home is where all of this stuff is laid on. So there's a tendency among Christians just to allegorize this yep. and say, you know, the bride is the church, problem solved. Yeah, except there seems to be a few brides here. There that, multiple churches? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a bit of a worry. This There's a word here in verse 9. So daughters of kings are adorned with your jewels. Your favorite stands at your right hand in the gold of Ophir. So you're imagining a harem full of women. Uh, they're all you know lavishly decked out and everything else covered yep. in jewels. Um, but there's a favorite. And my mind immediately goes to Esther. Yeah. You know, we've we've taken 120 virgins and set them all up, and then the, the king checks out each one, and the one he likes is his favourite. This word here, when it becomes a verb, means to rape or ravish. Hmm. It, it's... It's like the one he lusts after. Yeah. This is the... Yeah. So it's not... It's translated in most English versions as the queen is at his right hand. But that's not the word that's used. The one he thinks is most beautiful. It's, it's this week's favourite, you know. Um, and then we're bringing in all these daughters of kings. Now, what's going on there is something God condemned. Yeah. And when you re- when women read this, they, they, I think many of them would rightly go, this is repulsive, what's it doing in the Bible? But what's happening here, I think, is stop and resolve the riddle. This riddle could only be resolved if the king is handing on that scepter to Jesus. And then we're not allegorizing the bride. What we're doing is we're saying the bride is much more complicated. The bride is people from every nation, tribe and language coming into his house as his family. And so you're swapping this language, daughters of kings, as well as the one that's being brought to be his wife, um, his next wife. So we look at that and we go, this is a picture of many coming and being welcomed into the royal palace. And this this covenant of marriage is what provides for them in that way with a king who is an ideal king, gentle, just, riding on truth, reliable, and he is holding the scepter because this is God's throne mm. and he's going to hand it over to Jesus. So we come to Christ. He is God sitting on God's throne. Your, your God, O King, yep. works for Jesus, my head and representative. And all these people coming are being welcomed um, into his forever family as his covenantal bride. So we move out of the allegory world, we move into resolving a problem in Christ. Without Christ, this is abusive. Yeah. When Christ comes along, we resolve all of those needs, desires and incongruities and we put the package together properly. Yeah. Um, So we move out of this sexual abuse world into a world that is the kingdom of God. 
Well, thank you, Dad. For I helping think, us to understand I that. I think that's how it works. <laughs> little riddle, the, the miscal. Uh, if you would like to come and see the study notes that uh, Dad's put up for this episode, you can come and grab them. Just head to trainingforliferedeem.com slash 101. Uh, it's nice to be doing triple digits. <laughs> <laughs> Do make sure you come back and join us again next week when we, I presume, we're on Psalm 46. Psalm 46. Next week. So looking forward to doing that with you too. It'll be easier, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs>